0: I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. And welcome to Minute 63 of Season 6 of Movie Minute, the daily podcast Where we take a capra journey through the 1946 Frank Capra movie It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time I'm Rob, and joining me today besides all the growing of the dog Are Caroline and
1: Justin <laughs> The old movie time machine, welcome back Hey Rob, thank you for having us back again I, I, it's always good to just, you know, to, to let things flow as they go. So we're we're good. We're good.
2: Thanks for having the dogs back again.
0: Thanks for Why having not, yeah. the dog. <laughs> no, the dogs are here besides you. don't You made it sound like the you guys are the dogs. No. No, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so minute 63 begins with George uh, looking around at the bridal suite and ends with Bert and Ernie beginning to serenade. So basically yeah. we ended things yesterday with George uh, still in shock, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. You know, what What has Mary done this time? He took a quick look around the dilapidated house. And what he does here is he starts moving towards Mary in this minute. And he says to her something, and we, we don't really know what he says. You know, he just like moves his mouth. Maybe it's just in shock or in awe as to what, what is going on. Mm-hmm. Then we get a quick pan of the room and we get to see all of these various posters of some, some very exotic places, you know, uh, winter in Florida, luxurious cruise on the South Seas, you know, uh, and and then we, we can see what one of the things I was talking about yesterday, which I thought was Mary, but now we can tell it's not. It's a poster of a, a girl on a surfboard wearing wearing a uh, Hawaiian lei. Uh, my assumption is it's not Mary. Uh, it, it could be. You never know. We, you, yeah, know they, you never know. They could surprise us with these type of things. Yeah. Who knows
1: my, like my note at this point is vintage travel posters exclamation point, and then I had to real- I realized I had to cross out the word vintage. they're just travel posters at this point <laughs> like we would still see these these are still sold all over the place yes. and will sh- are are used as decorations for contemporary homes so but yeah. back then, very exciting windows into well, uh back then they weren't vintage world. either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. This was just just travel posters. That's right.
0: You know, it's like the the, the famous joke on uh, on Friends, which I'm assuming has been used many times. You know, where where he was talking about what well, what did you eat when you were in China, and he goes, "We ate Chinese food," and he goes, What well, there, they just called it food." Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Chandler Bing. Well, well, we'll always love him. What can I say? Yes, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So George starts walking towards Mary, and and we get a view of all of these different things on the table. We see he's got champagne on ice, uh, what looks like a a uh, you know a teapot, and uh, yes, you know, I, I have thought they're going to have table a
1: tea up. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, here's my question. So I'm looking at I I I did a freeze frame on this just to check it out. I'm always intrigued by how people are eating back in the day. I like to see what's on the menu. I'm we very... talk a
2: lot of living rooms on our show. Oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's
1: yep. nothing wrong with that. It makes sense. Oh, no, we we will obsess. So this was a, a, a fixation for me, this, this table. I mean, very beautifully set table. We got a nice uh, wedding cake in the middle. We have the champagne, as you noted. My biggest question, though, was... Did you all see how many spoons are laid out. Yes, I was going to mention at that. At least 3 spoons, right? I mean they how each many have, li- There's a there's are one on fork, menu?
0: that's right. There's one fork, one knife and 3 spoons. So I guess 3 spoons. I, I guess I
2: think that there would be a tea or a coffee spoon. I think that there would be mm-hmm. a dessert spoon and perhaps
0: yep. a
1: soup spoon. Yeah. yeah that makes that sense. sense. That just they're having chicken though. You know like how many, how many spoonfuls of chicken <laughs> does a person need?
0: Yeah. Okay, now I just, I just want to be curious. Curious. I know you're you're 100% right. I want to read read from the script as how it describes this table. Okay? Oh. And and the, the room itself, okay? Cuz it the house is carpet, carpetless, empty. The rain and wind cause funny noises upstairs. A huge fire is burning in the fireplace. Near the fireplace a collection of packing boxes are heaped together in the shape of a small table and covered with a checkered oilcloth. I never thought about the fact that this is actually not a real table. That's really weird.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: It <laughs> that, is set that makes sense. For, that's right. It is set for two: a bucket with ice and a champagne bottle sitting on the table, as well as a bowl of caviar. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, are I any of the spoons that? on the table?
1: Caviar spoons, with
2: metal. Yeah, like but made of mm. abalone.
1: I don't know. Oh, huh. that—that's hard. Is to that know. a thing? What What is that, Carolyn? Like, that- what, why?
2: um it's like the inside of oyster shell okay
1: um
2: because you would not want to ruin the taste of the caviar with a metallic spoon okay it actually is preferable to use like if you don't have like a caviar spoon to get like a plastic spoon
1: I see. I'm pretty old school. I, I use I use my hands. I just scoop it, hand style. <laughs> or or uh, pour it
2: in the mouth. Um, yeah, some tostitos. That's
1: fine. Yeah, yeah. But that okay. makes, <laughs> sense. makes sense. Makes I'll try that next time. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, two small chickens are impelled on a spit over the fire. A phonograph is playing on a box, and a string from the phonograph is turning the chickens on the spit. The phonograph is playing "Song of the Islands." Mary is standing oh. near the fireplace, looking as pretty as any bride ever looked. She is smiling at George, who has been slowly taking in the whole setup. Through a door, he sees the end of a cheap bed, over the back of which is a pair of pajamas and a nightie. Ernie exits and
1: closes the door. So I have chicken questions, you guys. (sighs) Okay. Uh, I I just know, uh, like, the chickens look delicious, and I want to try them. But I just have concerns, foodborne illness, salmonella, because I think, as we all know, you know the inside of your chicken must be cooked to 165 degrees Fahrenheit, and that will kill off all foodborne illnesses. I just I just don't want them to be sick. This is their time. And I don't
2: think these chickens are are that big. I think they are. What what year did this movie come out? 1946.
0: 19- six, six. Yeah. right.
2: Okay. These are 1946 chickens, mm-hmm. or or that look potentially like Cornish hens. Yes. Um, because they're probably not pumped full of you know growth hormones growth and... hormones yeah. and things <laughs> like chickens are today, where it's like massive chicken breasts. Uh so I'm thinking that not only with the rotation of the of the phonograph powered cooking spit, which is quite ingenious not, it is ingenious, but because they're not super big, thick growth hormone injected chickens 20 21st century chickens mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. um perhaps that concern for like that
1: concern this would be a bit just, safer you think
2: yeah yeah i feel like the internal temperature would be able to more easily reach an appropriate salmonella killing
1: mm, okay I just worry about them. I want them to be healthy because I like these people. I, I like. Well, I mean, you've like seen a lot together. of movies. Uh, people, you know, eating food on, on off of a, off of a spit.
0: You know, yeah. this, this isn't. Uh, I mean, obviously, they usually don't use a phonograph for it.
1: You know that's Right. But which you know, in the phonograph system, I, I just question the efficiency. Like, I I think it's a really nice Rube Goldbergian sort of approach to the rotisserie uh, mechanism. But at a certain point that, that record runs out and then does the thing keep spinning and then what if you want to flip the record or, or start the record over? You know, do you have to move the string? It just seems like a lot of maintenance. Now I say that this is a dilapidated house with no electricity. So you take what you can get, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: Again, she has spent a lot of time. I mean, she has no money left because she gave away the two thousand dollars they had. But right. you know, she, she spent a lot of time getting this put putting this all together.
1: So you oh, got yeah. you got to give her credit for that. Full points, absolutely. Full bonus points. She is she has done a nice thing here for them. That's right.
0: So, um, you you mentioned before that you can see the uh, th- that there's the the wedding cake, you know, like the top of it. Yes. So, so, what is? Do either of you know the official term for the figurines that you put on a wedding cake? I, I do not.
2: Thought they were toppers. Wedding.
0: That's right. They're toppers. That's the word. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. They are All wedding right. cake toppers. Okay, which is a small model that that sits on top of a wedding cake uh normally a representation rep, a representation of the couple in formal wedding attire okay when when do you think it became popular to start using these? these or I when was did they start ask. when did they start using them cuz obviously in 1946 uh they assumed that they had them in 19 in the the mid
1: 1930s right uh- I could see this going back even further. I could see this being a 19th century thing. I could see it being a middle age thing, uh, you know, like the medieval period or something like that. I, I I really don't know.
2: I mean, I would think the Okay, so the plastic figurines that we think of as like the traditional ones or are they made of sugar? Like is it candy mm. that they can then eat? So yeah, I mean, like. Well, it doesn't
0: look like the ones that they have here are edible. It doesn't look that way. I mean, there's no way of knowing for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it right. does. So it doesn't look I... like it's. It's just a. Uh, you know, I mean, you even can see that there's a veil on the on the bride. You know, these these are very. Uh... Plasticy. Well, now it, no now they they just like they they look in some ways just like toys that are put there, not necessarily yeah. 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 you know a wedding case. Quake topper. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, nowadays they, they're mostly made of plastic.
1: Yes. Yeah, I could um, see this being a thing where maybe somebody carves them out of wood at some point in, in earlier times or you know, as, as some part of the gift or something like that, but I, I really don't know. Right. So, I mean, it go,
0: it, as you said, it goes back really, really far, but the, they only became popular and dominant in the U.S. Uh, to put on wedding cakes in the 50s. You know, and it it oh, it basically uh, was a statement showing, uh, you know, represented togetherness. Of course, yes.
2: So, if it became popular in the 50s, is that because of this film?
0: That would be a very good question. I I I don't know the answer. I mean, it it didn't say it became popular because people saw it as they quickly panned across the table in It's a
1: Wonderful Life. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm.
2: Hmm. interesting though very interesting
1: well i wonder if this is the beginnings of the industrial wedding complex of the united states of america where culturally if you want to get married you must spend tens of thousands of dollars to do it so one more item for the the bride and groom to invest in i guess is it would be a topper for their cake I, I i really don't know though it could be
0: i mean i'm not the question also is and we don't know the answer to this is this their entire wedding cake or is this just a top tier you know like we didn't see the wedding. Yeah, itself. I had
1: that question. Right, right, and I kind part of me feels like this might just be the cake, considering their circumstances financially. But that's
0: right. It could be yeah. that she just
1: baked yeah. another cake today. You know, it might not be yeah, could because be. we don't know. We
0: don't know if they had a reception. We just we saw them come out. You know, of, of uh, I'm assuming the church and everyone throwing rice at them. Mm-hmm, right. You know, yeah. we we didn't see them go anywhere besides trying to get to you know the train station. Yes.
2: Yeah, they were already in their traveling clothes, not in their bridal clothes.
0: Correct. Right. So maybe it could be that it could be that that was the end of the reception, that we don't know. Mm-hmm. But it again, it is possible that she just went and, and made another cake uh, you know, over the course of the
1: day. Well, it does look yeah. delicious. I will say that. And one of the things that we Again, fixated on uh, during our show when we're checking out people's you know table settings and living rooms and counting ashtrays and whatnot. Is uh, this food? It's is it being eaten? This is a pet peeve of mine where people will have scenes and order drinks and the drinks will arrive and then the scene ends and they leave and the drinks just sitting there, such a waste. So do we think that they ate these chickens and actually had this cake or were they just smooching all night long?
2: I think they smooched and then they had chicken and cake.
1: I think they had cold, cold, sure, the- cold chicken the following morning. <laughs> oh, okay. OK. All of these
2: are plausible.
1: That's, That's right. a great way to get rid of the foodborne illness I'm so concerned of is just leave those things spinning all night long until the fire mm-hmm. dies down. Well, no, but you've, you've pointed nice out that there's a problem with that you've pointed out that they're going to have to keep resetting the, the you know, the, the record.
0: record yeah. So that, yeah. that'll probably so get in the way. That would, that would probably get in the way of any uh, evening uh, activities. If they have to keep getting up to go change the, uh, uh, the record.
1: That so, would be uh, inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. They'd have to try and think of some other plausible way to keep the, the, the chicken uh, uh, cooking throughout the
1: night. I think, if anybody can do it, though, it's Donna Reed in this movie, right? She would figure out a way. She seems very capable. That's true. Did Did you notice what you know? How the contraption was set up
0: with the with the chicken? Mm-hmm. You can see like a a a, a spool of thread.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say it was, it was like a piece of string that was moving and then rotating the, the yeah.
0: actual spit. Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. But it but the the string is is attached to. To a, uh, you know, to it to a. Actually, it looks like a, a rope. Yeah, it's like a little rope mm-hmm. that's attached to to a spool of of thread. Now I don't know how that spool of thread is okay. staying on 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 the you know the the little bud that jumps out that juts out of, uh, of the record player.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, I remember having records as a kid. You know, they, it's it's a little bit of a bud there that, that holds it on. You know, it's not yes. something that, that uh, but hey, it worked. It the worked. whole
1: system seems kind of borderline, but it, yes, like you say, it is working. So we'll stick with it for now That's right. and then assume, you know, that they will get that place yeah. wired up at some point. I'm not familiar enough with uh, record player technology to know if I know in the 60s they had record players that were portable that you would put in your car. But at this point in the 30s. How does a record player work? What fuels a record player? Is it I mean electricity is still kind of entering society at this point? Well forget about that. Learning. They don't have
0: electricity in this house.
1: Well, right. So I'm just wondering <laughs> how, how does this mechanism work? How are they getting this, I, this I beautiful that, island sound?
0: I thought that you know record players are something that, that you can that you had like a, a crank that you can That's uh, true. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. which
1: which again would make it inconvenient if you keep having to keep changing it. Yeah, you know <laughs> right, <That's> yeah. Right. <laughs> but then you you lose that that ethereal music and eh, i'm fine with it this is yeah. good yeah no, for sure yeah for sure it's great mm-hmm. and then then uh mary
0: says welcome home mr bailey and he goes well i'll be mary mary where did you you know he he's just mm-hmm. he, he's still in, he's in overcome yeah completely completely and we see ernie in the background uh, and I love how he comes forward and just like pushes George, like yes, get over there. I mean, we find out later that 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 Ernie is married and he has a he has a kid, so you know he's he's a little more familiar than George's with how to deal with uh, uh, a romantic evening, I guess you can say.
1: Yes, I like this character f- for again all Jimmy Stewart movies. I I feel like he needs this guy in all of to his be films like- to. Hey, buddy, wake up! We just watched uh, recently *Rear Window*. This is another example mm-hmm. of an oblivious James Stewart being hit on mercilessly by Grace Kelly, apex Grace Kelly, and he just, he's just—he's not into it. He's I don't, I don't just understand. trying to break
2: up with her the entire time, and we cannot. Yeah, can he's not, looking yeah. for
1: excuses. So it would be nice to have Ernie show up and push his uh, his wheelchair because he's you know recovering at that point. But towards Grace Kelly, I would love to see that. <laughs> would would have been interesting to see, yes,
0: definitely. Yes. Okay, um, and so like then, then he moves forward and he the two of them, uh, you know, look at each other, embrace,
1: and they start to kiss. And this is a good kiss. I feel like this is a really, I, I feel passion sometimes in these older films, you can tell that there's zero chemistry between the performers, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I feel the love here between these two and I'm rooting for them. Yeah, definitely.
0: I, I think, yeah, I think throughout the movie, you see that you see it more with her. You see that
1: she is more into him than he is into her. Yes. Yes. I would agree. And apparently, I you know, in my light research I did uh, looking into this, some of their kisses were. I think were they edited for, for content? Because now at this point the code is in place, so I think the code they, is they still in place. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, but I think there were some you know some surprise performance moments that were maybe not scripted that Capra left in or you know, incorporated in, especially between the two of them. Right. I mean, if you, if you want to talk
0: about the code, I mean, this this movie was one of the few movies that went against the code because, you know, uh, spoilers, anyone who hasn't watched this movie, Potter gets away with it at the end. You know,
1: Mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah.
0: And that was a big no, no during the code days. You know, you can't let someone get, he didn't get away with murder or, or something, you know, something nefarious, but you know, he got away with, uh, with, with keeping money, that belonged to somebody else. Cuz you can't even say he still yeah, Technically
2: <laughs> should have showed up at the end of the movie and given the money back. That's right. With, you know, the, in front of everyone.
0: That's right. Yes, kind but of that's not what that
1: didn't happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, didn't I think it would have ruined that. the movie if they did that, but uh, you know, I mean, have you, have either of you seen I've talked about it uh, talked about it a few weeks ago. Have either of you seen the Saturday Night Live uh, uh, skit from the 1980s which shows the uh shows like the the real ending of it's a wonderful life
1: no i don't think no. so where they
0: they all go over to potter's house and beat him up basically you know they realize that it's <laughs> him and they they
1: go over there and and uh gotcha. yeah you know. uh, i love it yeah they, they... i've got some major potter questions but we'll save them for the for the future but yeah what a, what an interesting character <laughs> he is, yes of course Mm-hmm.
0: and then uh basically we 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 hear the serenade outside of, of ernie and bert ernie got outside really quickly you know yes he did he booked it out of there <laughs> that's right yeah. and yeah the-
2: i i feel like he was like uh let's leave these kids alone to figure all this out and go serenade them which it was a nice little not it's a it was like a barbershop duet
0: that's right do did, did either of you are either of you familiar with the song that they sing mm-hmm. No. So it's a song called I Love You Truly which uh, anyone who's been listening to the last uh, 63 episodes of this of uh, uh, of this show know that that is my theme music for for the for this season. Of course, yes. Um it was a song written by Carrie Jacobs Bond. Uh it was published in 1901, but uh uh she actually wrote the 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 song back in 1894 a few years later and because she was she was trying to supplement the income of her husband frank bond but then he passed away and then she uh moved to uh janesville janesville wisconsin where she completed the uh the the song and then she ended up moving to, to to chicago where she would uh you know rent out rooms and things like that to make things uh meet but she on uh, um, in in her spare time she continued writing songs and then decided that she wants to uh uh start you know selling her songs and so she she stole okay. this song in uh in nineteen o one there she could- she stole wow. a whole bunch of them together and this was part of the compilation and uh then okay. in 1906, well, for her that's right in nineteen o six it was sent it was it was published as as its own, uh, you know, on its own.
1: And it sold over a million copies. Wow. Okay. That is a million copies, which is platinum. That means a lot nowadays.
0: That's right. And she was Let's one of the first, first women back
1: then. She's the first
0: women, woman to ever do that.
1: Wow. Oh, awesome. that's. And so she
2: got, I was going to say, did she get proceeds from the sale? Yes, yeah, like, she did. She did. published it.
1: Good. Yes, awesome. she did. good for her just thinking you know like yeah, the population yeah. was so much smaller at the turn of the century than it is now you know it was probably what like 90 million people or something like that. a million records sold back then that's that's, that's right. massive and she was yeah. invited three times
0: she was invited yeah. three times to the white house <laughs> to sing for sing the song for the for presidents she sung wow. for, oh, wow.
2: okay. she sung for
0: teddy roosevelt See? warren harding and calvin coolidge my goodness
1: Wow! Even Silent Cal—that's right. He's he's he's, he's my favorite. He's my favorite president.
0: I love Silent Cal. Okay, Uh, I well, he's the he was he was the only president born on July Fourth. And I remember as as a kid, I would go to the the library, and they used to print out every year on July Fourth. There was I don't remember in what uh, publication it was. Someone would print out uh, Calvin Coolidge quotes. You know, every year on his birthday. So I would go back and look at the microfish machines, you know, to see all the different quotes and stuff like that. Uh, Because he was he was very witty. You know, my my favorite. My favorite Calvin Coolidge quote was a woman once came up to him and says, I I bet my husband that I can get more than two words out of you. His response, you lose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea he was uh, a a very quotable president, I guess, yes. but I'll have to look into that. Okay.
0: Cause he was, he was known as silent Cal because, you know, he, he didn't say much, but when he said things, they said very important things.
1: Yeah. I feel like he's a deep cut president. He's somebody that maybe we need more general knowledge on, I think to, to filter into society. Yeah. I'd like mm. to know more. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, do, do, do of you know any other movies or TV shows where this song is played? No no nothing comes to mind okay so there's a film called I Married a Witch from 1942 where, okay it's going on my list immediately where it was played <laughs> um Hell's Angels on Wheels in 1967 the you have a group of motorcycle ga- a motorcycle gang that starts singing it at the wedding of uh of one of the characters oh okay, okay. there's a Happy Days episode where Patsy uh sings the song to uh to Howard and Marion uh, during their uh, vow renewal.
1: That's very appropriate. Which was an episode called Here Comes the Bride
0: Again. Uh, There is a movie called The Song where two of the characters are watching this scene from this movie on TV and then they have a wedding later that they sing the song Uh, on. There are a whole bunch of other sitcoms that have had the song in it. Uh, I Love Lucy has an episode which is sung by one of the characters. The, the episode's called okay. The Marriage License. Okay. Um, you have All oh, in the Family. Them. That's right. Edith Bunker sings it in, in an All, All of the Family episode.
1: And um, do we feel like this? It, these uh, recurring appearances in film and television, do we think it's because of the popularity, the initial popularity of the song, or did this movie give it a real bump, do, do we think?
0: I would, it's it's and, I would say it's a know. combination of both. I would say it's a combination of both because think about it. This is this is a movie that was made, uh, you know, forty five years after the song was released. Mm-hmm. But it's still. And I'm just
1: thinking, like, if, if this movie was probably one of the original films that would circulate on early television, most likely. Oh, for you sure. Like... You don't you don't know right, the history so this of this? Is... This movie didn't have. Well, they
0: they they let the copyright run out, and that's why it was. Yes, and that's why it's been a... That's why it was played so often on TV, um, especially around the the holiday times.
1: Yes. I think it's hard for a modern audience to kind of wrap their heads around how things used to be before recordings were readily available. Like, you would see a movie and then never see it again, whereas now we have access to all media at all times. That's right. So I'm wondering if, like, these repeat... Seasonal viewings kind of entrench a lot of these these things, such as this song. I wonder if that I'm sure. plays into it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a connection though. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: All right, so that's Great
0: all. Tune. Yeah, it really is. That's all I have for this minute. Do either of you have anything else? No. Yeah, I
1: think I think that's good.
0: Okay, so Wednesday's segment is a segment called "It's a Wonderful Wednesday." Where what I basically do is uh, you know, as as we all know, in the seventy-seven years since this movie came out, they have numerously uh taken the idea of this movie and used it in many other movies, TV shows, other forms of media, you know, to see like what would happen to a character if uh you know they didn't exist or you know sometimes if if uh, we, sometimes it's with alternate uh uh timelines and things like that. But what I decided to do, because uh, you guys are classic movie buffs, I decided I was actually going to discuss today the only remake of this movie. Okay. Nineteen seventy six. Nineteen seventy seven. Very close. Nineteen seventy seven. Okay. Um, it's known as It Happened One Christmas, which obviously is a play on It Happened uh, One Night. You know, it happened one night, and it happened mm-hmm. and it, it's a wonderful life. And the idea of what they did there was, is they did a gender swap. Okay, the the main character played by Marlo Thomas is named Mary Bailey, and okay. so I I, I I found it really interesting the way that you know they they created this this uh, remake by gender swapping. You know where where George is uh, a character she's running after this guy, character named George Hatch. And mm-hmm. uh, you know we we get Potter. Potter is played there by Orson Welles. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, the the the, the movie, despite the fact that it is a remake of this movie, it's not that great. You know, it's it's a okay. it's fun for somebody who who knows It's a Wonderful Life really well, like I do. But in general, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say it was the greatest uh, uh, movie. Because again, I, I'm I'm very much against remakes. You know, why, why ruin something that's already, you know, if something's been done perfectly, why do you want to try to, to emulate that again by creating something mm-hmm. else? Um, right, right. George is played by Wayne Rogers. I don't know if either of you are familiar with who, who that actor is. No. Um, so he I, I mean, I always remember him from I Dream of Genie In one of the movies, oh. he played, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, what's his name? He played, you know, her "quote unquote" master uh, in one of the yes, movies. Yes. He was also in seventy-three episodes of Mash. He played uh, uh, Trapper John. Oh,
1: okay, okay.
0: Uh, that, that was probably the the that's probably the, the place where most people would know him from. Uh, is that
1: yeah? So then I would know him. Yeah, right. I, I grew up watching. Okay, it, so of
0: course, yeah. so basically the, the you know the the name of the angel who's who's trying to help. Uh, Mary is uh, her name is Clara, played by Cloris Leachman, who oh. who actually uh, uh, was nominated for an Emmy for, for her work there as as Clara Oddbody. Um, okay. You get Uncle 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 Billy is renamed here Uncle Willie, played by Barney Martin, who played um, Jerry Seinfeld's father in the in the show Seinfeld. Ah, I knew, I knew that. I recognized that okay. that name. Okay, that makes uh, sense. Ma Bailey mm-hmm. is played by Doris Roberts, the mother from uh, um, Everybody Loves Raymond.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Richard
0: Dysart from L.A. Law plays uh, Peter Bailey. Okay, interesting. Christopher Guest plays Harry Bailey. I mean, again, it's a, it's a great cast. Christopher Guest. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, basically, the whole idea is, is that you know the. Uh, you know, they focus on Mary as the main character instead of, instead of George. And, you know, she's the one who's fighting against Potter and she's the one who's helping out her father and she's the one, you know, and and George ends up going to war because, you know, they didn't need to have the whole fact that, you know, she got deaf because as, as a woman during World War II, she wasn't going to be sent to, to battle anyway and didn't need to, you know, Mm. to, to, to be 4F or anything like that. Um, again, right. it's, it's an interesting way to tell the story. It's not as good as "It's a Wonderful Life." Um, sure.
1: So it, this one was set in the same time period. Yes. Not in the no. Same no. Series, set in the it same was, time period. Okay. It was still set. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They okay. they still did it that way. And and Orson, I mean, this is you know later. Orson is a special type of yes. Orson, but how how is he faring here? Is he in good shape is he's he... not in
0: good shape at all lucid is nah, he... no, no, oh, no, okay. no no no, no. <laughs> not at all not at all but again he's he's no lenova anymore that's what it comes down to
1: yes that's true
0: you know I, I love the way I mean, some of the the lines in the movie are exactly the same and some of them are are very different and you know just listening to some of the the, the, the dialogue from other people is just uh you know and, and like for instance an example is exactly from this scene okay where you know the they're they're in the house and and uh you know after their their you know after after the wedding or after the the whole thing with the building and loan, you know, they get to the house that uh you know Mary is brought to the house by, by George, you know, and they look around and she starts laughing and he goes, What are you laughing at? And she says, Maybe we shouldn't have broken all those windows, you know, because there's all the rain coming in on them.
1: Uh... <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a that's a nice yeah. punch up. Yeah. I, I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that worked. Um, okay, so uh, do you guys want to uh, tell people where they can find uh, you guys?
1: Sure. Our show is called Old Movie Time Machine, and we're talking mostly about movies made between 1945 and 1965. You can find us in all the usual podcasting places in your grocer's freezer, uh, YouTube, and also follow us on Instagram at Time Machine Podcast. Thank all you.
0: right, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on my website, dot come so until tomorrow hot dog. hot dog hot dog you truly truly
1: did life with its sorrow life with its tail.